Welcome to the final installment for season two of Visiting's radio show where we talk to artists who are engaged with the public outside traditional exhibition spaces. I'm Alan Nakagawa. Uh, for those who have been listening to this series of interviews and for new listeners alike, thank you for your support. I'm going to take a little break and come back in a couple of months or so. I need to focus on my solo work a little while I'm working on a, a book about my experience with the various artists and resident commissions. Um, please continue your subscription, and I promise I'll be back. Okay, Man One. Man One has uh, become a legend in the public art and graft community, especially here in his hometown of L.A. Uh, he was kind enough to invite us to a studio in Lincoln Heights. And we spoke about his journey and becoming one of the most recognized and prolific graph-rooted artists in, of his generation. We touched on his recent mural of his parents on the wall at Chano's Mexican Food Restaurant in Lincoln Heights, uh, his mentors, and, and how he got into art through hip-hop. My name is Man One, and I'm an artist. Um, and lately, I've also been adding that you know, I'm a curator, uh, illustrator, and entrepreneur. Um, educator. Educator, it's, <laughs> the list could continue, you know, <laughs> mentor, all kinds of stuff. But um, yeah, but for the most part, I, I, you know, I stick to artists. So, well, and also, you know, when I'm out there and I run into these kids, I don't know what they're up to. I don't know, you know, some of, the, some of the kids might be involved in gangs. Some of them might be graffiti writers. Some of them, um, you know, may come from, you know, situations at home that are tough or whatever. And so, um, yeah, have, you know, being able to appreciate, like you just said, appreciate the art can shift, um, you know, the rest of their day, can even shift, you know, um, the way they think about not just art, but community and public art in general, you know? And so, uh, yeah, you just, I think it's always important to just drop little pieces of, um, of knowledge, but also, um, you know, like you said, make it a positive experience when they meet an artist, right? Because, yeah. um, um, you know, one of the things I remember too is <clears throat> um, painting one time and I was doing a, a big uh, uh, graffiti piece and this kid came up to me and he's like, oh, you're man one? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, you don't look like a graffiti writer, <laughs> right? And I was like, what was I supposed to look like, right? And then, uh, you know, there's also this, this perception of what a graffiti writer should look like or what, you know, obviously now, this is like 20 years ago, right? Um, now it's like, uh, uh, you know, now I'm much older and, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, to, to, to be doing all that stuff I was doing back then, but it's still that perception of what a, an artist looks like or, or should look like or act like or be like. And, um, and where you know, do they get that? I, I think they get it from, um, you know, just their community, their neighborhood. Um, you know, I think th they see or they believe um, sometimes like graffiti artists are like, you know, vandals and, and, um, from the wrong side of the tracks kind of thing. And you, and you gotta, you know, um, look hard and look tough or look, you know, gangsterish or something. I don't know. Um, it depends on which neighborhood you're in. 
Well, so, so Luis had art in the park. Right. He was running art in the park. And um, this, this little collective that, that they formed, it was called the Graffiti... Um, oh, my God. Graffiti, oh. The Graffiti Coalition? Or oh, okay. I can't remember exactly the name of it. But it was anyways, these, these well-to-do people, um, most of them art lovers who lived in um, Highland Park, Eagle Rock, kind of that whole area. And... Um, we're like, hey, let's get together and like start doing stuff for the youth and helping like them. Like ninety three. Yeah, it was like ninety two, ninety three, like wow. right after the riots. Right. And they ended up helping. Um, they did some workshops in Highland Park um, that had to do with. Um, I guess they got grants and stuff from the city, and um, they put on a bunch of workshops. Mm-hmm. And so I was hired as one of the lead, you know, graffiti artists to teach graffiti to kids. Graffiti workshops in, in, in Highland Park, and through that is where I met Luis. Okay. And then um, we hit it off, and you know, he's, we, he just, you know, he's a, he's a good guy, right? And he just um, he gave me a lot of really good advice. But you know, we ended up hanging out and, and developing a relationship, and then he decided to form this thing called Urbanos LA. And um, Urbano Sale was kind of his idea of how can I, he, he as a you know uh, more established artist or whatever help out us younger artists, right? And so he brought he brought in um, you know it was myself, um, Asylum, and um, he also brought in Frame, who's a graffiti artist back then, and um, was there another artist maybe? I think that was it. It was three of us, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a couple of other artists here and there he brought in under his wing, right? And, and what he helped us do is like, um, you know, how to get our art into galleries kind of thing and how to create, you know, body of work. And, and we were doing collaborative, collaborative pieces, right? So his idea was get us all in a room and then come up with something. And uh, we didn't necessarily like each other, all of us. And he liked that. <laughs> you, you guys have no, have known each other before that. We all knew each yeah. other. Only uh... We all knew each other, but we weren't necessarily all friends. Yeah, yeah. And I might have been more friends with one or one of the guys more than another guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but but Luis liked that that we had this little tension in there. And he's like, that's what's gonna bring out the good stuff, right? And so he kept, you know, I didn't agree with him on that either, but, <laughs> but anyways, so, so we, we did that for a, a, a few years, I think we were doing, you know, maybe two or three years because we ended up doing a show um, together as Urbano Sale um, in a group show at Zero One Gallery. Um, Melrose? Yeah, Melrose, Melrose. yeah. Um, and we sold some pieces nice. that were in that show. Um, then also because of Urbano Sale is why we got into MOCA in 94 on, in the um, Urban Revisions show. Oh. And um, that was kind of his idea. Um, he was working um, and getting us in there through um, Adobe LA. Adobe LA. And 
so Urbanos LA was, like I said, it was, it was a small collective. It was probably about, at that time, probably four or five of us. Okay. Um, you know, in, in, at that time. Oh. We were at Luis's studio, which used to be right there on 4th, uh, in Boyle Heights, on 4th, right at the, uh, where the, what is it, the 5? Goes underneath there. Um, like, yeah, like 4th and Boyle around there, right? 4th and Boyle. Around there. Anyways, yeah, he had this really cool studio up there. And we were there one, one night talking specifically about this exhibition. Now, I don't remember if Adobe LA was there with us. I don't remember that. But I know it was just, uh, I know Luis was there and, 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 and all, you know, I think like three, four, five of us that, that were working with under Urbano Sele at that time. And to the door came Nuke, Duke, Angst, you know, a whole group of artists, right? right. Tempt. Oh. All these artists came that night to, to Luis's studio. And like really upset. Uh-oh. Yeah. Now, mind you, at that time, I didn't know all these guys mm -hmm. like personally. Like I knew obviously who they were. I had met maybe a couple of them one, once or twice before, but we weren't necessarily friends, you know, yet or anything. But I was like, these guys were like all like the first generation alley graffiti writers that I looked up to, right? And here they come to our meeting and kind of like literally like walked in kind of like this attitude like, hey, we need to be in this show. You know, oh, okay. like, why are we, why, why are we being invited? We need to be in this show. <laughs> and it was awesome because, you know, we didn't, we all look at Luis, right? And Luis, you know, he was always like, you never knew what he was going to say, right? And Luis looks at them and goes, sure, come on in, have a seat. <laughs> you know, like, like, like you're in. Oh, okay. Right? All right. And so, uh. And I think they were shocked too, because they thought they were going to feel some more resistance or something. Yeah, like a confrontation. Yeah, because they came like ready to like you know, right. you know, show their clout or whatever. And Luis was just like, the more the merrier. Come on in, you know. Yeah. So 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 this mural in, in, at Channels yeah. in the parking lot here in Lincoln Heights is basically this the wall here outside of my studio. Okay. So the. The parking lot. The parking lot's right over there, the second, you know, oh, past the, the second. Town is a kind of Mexican food. Mexican fast food fast joint, food, you yeah. know. Great potato taco. Right, I know, you do, you I love it, it, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, I've been doing, obviously, murals all over the city, um, and uh, I self-fund a lot of the murals, right? Um, particularly this project that I'm doing that I call, an uh, ongoing project that I call Faces LA. Um, where I'm doing portraits of people in the community um, or people that, that are like local heroes or just kids or abuelitas, you know, it doesn't matter. Like it's just to me, it's, you know, Los Angeles is more than just celebrities. And when people come to LA who don't know about LA, they always ask about celebrities and this and that. And I, I'm like, dude, there's like 10 million people here, you know, we're not all celebrities. And so my idea is to, through murals and through my, the portrait work that I do, I want to showcase these people. Right. <clears throat> Hopefully within their own community, mm -hmm. but just in LA at large, you know? So I've been doing portraits of little kids, of, uh, like I have a uh, Echo Park of uh, Heriberto Oriol. Mm -hmm. I did a portrait of him. Um, so I've done numerous murals like that, and it's an ongoing thing. And, um, <clears throat> 
I get funding through some of my collectors who, who um, support what I'm doing and, you know, things like that. Um, so I wanted to do this mural and I asked my, my, my um, landlord, hey, you know, you think I can do a mural on, on the exterior wall here at the studio? And he said, well, it's, not, it's no problem for me, just you got to talk to channels. Right? right, and see what they want to do because it's he's like it's my wall, but it is in their parking lot, and yeah. you know, we should probably like, like split it half and half so like they can keep their channels, you know, advertising on half the wall because it was just a big channels advertisement there, and it said like parking and whatever, right? So I said, okay, that's fine. So I went to go talk to the guy at channels, and, um, and had you met him before? I had met him, but I didn't know him really, and and um, you know, obviously just eating there, just saying hi or whatever, so they know my face and everything. Um, but they really didn't know what I did. Wow. They knew I was an artist here, but they'd never been in the studio or anything. They just like whatever. So I told them, I go, hey, you know, the, the landlord said I could paint the wall. I'm gonna do this mural. Um, are you guys cool with it? And he was like, yeah, actually, that'd be awesome. And I said, and I said, well, you know, should I, like, like your lettering? I'll just, I can move the lettering over. He goes, no, 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 we don't want any lettering. We don't want any of our advertisement on there. Just do a mural on the whole wall. Oh. And so I was like surprised. Yeah, I was yeah. like, you know. Okay. I was like, wow, that's awesome. Wow. And, um, and so I was like. Great. Why, why do you think that is? I, uh, that doesn't seem well, he said, so unexpected. Yeah, it was unexpected. Part of it was probably that they probably never really got official permission to do their oh. signage. So when I said my landlord, maybe he would, he maybe got a little scared, like, oh, maybe the landlord, you know, I don't know, maybe that's one reason. Hmm. Um, but also, I think, it, you know, their signage was just very, you know, it wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't good, so they. I think they also felt like whatever I was going to create was going to be better than what's already was already there. That's what I think. But I never really asked them. But maybe that's a follow up. But um, so I was like, cool. So I was going to do a mural, and um, I hadn't figured out who I was going to do yet. You know, I just I just now had the canvas. Right. So as I started figuring out what I was going to do, blah blah, like literally within two days of me getting permission for the wall. I get a call from Thrillist.com, who's um, uh, who told me that that they were looking for an LA artist to do a mural for Estrella Jalisco, which is the beer, you know, Mexican beer brand, um, and it's one of their um, one of their clients, right? Uh -huh. So oh, channels. No, no, no. no, no. Thrillist.com uh -huh. is like a website, right, right. And so they they also create like. Uh, um, you know, branded content uh, on online oh, for see, different clients, <clears throat> and one of their clients was Estrella Jalisco. Right. So they they had been tasked to find an artist in LA that can do a mural that speaks to their brand, right. and that they can you know uh, uh, capture the process on video. And uh, they said they don't want any logos, they don't want any anything specific specific. Um, except all they're asking is that the mural have a Mexican flavor, that it, that it, that it has to do with Mexican tradition. Okay. Right? And so I was already going to do the portraits, so I thought, well, there's nothing more Mexican than my parents, <laughs> right? Right, right. So that's why I chose to do portraits of my parents. 
And so yeah, so I just ended up doing doing that that mural, and um, uh, yeah, yeah. If you see the video, you'll see it was very emotional because m- my parents didn't know about it. Right. I didn't I didn't tell them. So yeah. In the video, it looks like uh-huh. you bring them. Yeah. And they, you. It's not a veil, but did you close I, their yeah, eyes? Yeah, I, I had their eyes closed. Yeah, you had their eyes closed. Yeah. Okay. So what I what happened is, you know, my parents live in Palm Springs, oh. and so. Um, First, I had to get a photo of them to use for the mural because I didn't have the, you know, obviously I wanted to get the right shot. So I went out there, visited them one day, and they're, they're like, what are, you, what are you doing out here by yourself? You know, usually you come with the family and everything. And I'm like, oh, I just want to take you guys out and blah, blah, blah. And it might have been Mother's Day or something, too. Okay. Uh, or right after Mother's Day or something. And I took my mom flowers and all that stuff. So I took photos of them and yeah. stuff. And they were, I said, I just don't have pictures of you guys together, you know? Oh, okay, okay. And uh, they didn't buy it off probably 100%, but all right. <laughs> Something's up. So then I did the mural. Mm-hmm. Didn't tell them about it. And um, I asked my brother um, to bring them, right, from Palm Springs. Um, I called my parents first. I said, hey, by the way, there's this, um, <clears throat> this uh, documentary crew that's interviewing me for a new documentary. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, they, they want to get a different perspective, and so they want to hear from my parents, you know. So can you guys, can you guys come? And they're, they're, there's going to be a, a film crew here, and they're going to interview you guys, you know, because obviously... They were going to be on camera, so I wanted right. them to dress up and be presentable so that they can be on film, right? Um, so they're like, okay, we'll do it, you know? And I said, yeah, you know, um, I, I told them, you know, my wife's going to be there and my sister, my brother, you know, these people want to interview everybody, you know? Right. So she's like, okay. So my brother brought them and brought them up Valley, so they, because if they would have came over mission, right, right. they would have seen the mural. So came this way, and then they hung out here in the in the studio. And I said, and then I said, oh, let me go get the crew. They're outside. And then I came in. I said, oh, by the way, they changed their mind. They want to do it outside. They don't want to do it inside. So we all went outside around the corner around Chanos. And while we went to the edge, I said, oh, by the way, I'm gonna close your eyes, and then walk you a few steps, and then the cameras are gonna be in front of your face, just right. so you know. But I just want to show you something, you know. <laughs> So, so uh, everybody else knows. Everyone else knows. Yeah, yeah. My parents are the only ones who remember. Yeah, my brother, my sister, my family. Everyone knows. And so, <clears throat> so I, I cover their eyes. Right. We walk, you know, like 15 feet, and then I say, "Okay, check it out." And then I, I remember they opened their eyes. That's on the video. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. The, but it was good editing because oh. because uh, when they uh, when when that, when when they opened their eyes. The cameras were right in their face, right. and they just looked directly at the camera oh. and started waving, <laughs> like, "Hey, we're on TV! Hey, we're on the camera!" You know, and I was looking at them, waiting, you know, because over the cameraman's shoulder is a gigantic mural of them, right? right. And so they didn't see it, oh. and so I had to like say, "No, no, stop! Look over there!" And then once I pointed, then they looked over, and then that's when they captured. Oh, that's okay, so okay. I said the editing was good nice. because uh, it was it was so funny because they were just all. You know, it's always storage. It's all about storage. Yeah, storage you know? is rough. Man. Yeah, and, that, and that's what and that's what trips me out when I go to these museums. You know, I'm at the Broad or something, mm-hmm. and I see this like 
this like piece by like uh, Keith Haring or or uh, Basquiat, and it's like you know such gigantic monstrous piece. <laughs> right. And I'm like, these guys were in New York doing this stuff. You know, there's like no room. Right. Like, how 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 could they have done work so big? Number one, and then where did they keep it? How how did they how were they able to like over the years? You know, take care of this work. So. Yeah, but that's one of the things, you know, I mean, luckily I have a big studio and I can do that stuff here, but, yeah. but for the most part, you know, back then I, I had nothing. I had, I had small little studio space, you know? Something all <laughs> artists. Yeah. Do, yeah. And it's something that, you know, I think being a, uh, number one, I think, uh, as a graffiti artist, I always want to paint large. It's just in me, you know? Mm -hmm. And then, uh, I read somewhere too, that, that as, as male artists get older, mm -hmm. their work gets bigger. Really? Yeah. Ooh, okay. As opposed to female artists, they don't have the same problem. <laughs> that as a f female artists mature, they don't necessarily go bigger. Okay. You know, but men is our, our ego, I guess, or whatever. Oh, so as we get maturity, <laughs> so so I'm up against that because I I I know I want to go bigger every single day. You know. Why did you go to LMU? Yeah, so Catholic school. Or what's so I went to Catholic school yeah. from first grade mm -hmm. until I graduated high from yeah, even college, college, right? Okay. So I went I went elementary, high school, and college. Um, in El in the Alhambra, or yeah, so so elementary I went to St. Thomas More, okay, um, uh, which is on Fremont in Alhambra. Um, really small elementary school, right? Like we had like thirty kids per class one class per grade wow. right so it was super small um <clears throat> and then um and then for high school i went to saint francis high school in la Cañada. all right uh all boys uh, catholic school again and um i went to we my my parents you know i'm, I'm first generation here you know american and uh um, citizen and when my parents came over you know, their whole thing was that when they had kids, um, they want to make sure their kids had the best education possible. And so to them, you know, going to a private school, Catholic school was like the top, right? And um, so, you know, they busted their asses so that they can afford to send us to, you know, a private Catholic, you know, uh, elementary school. And coming out of that system, I remember in eighth grade, now mind you, there's only 30 kids in our class, right? But, like, I don't know, more than 75% are going to go into Catholic high schools, right? Very few were going to go to public high school, right? Oh, right. Like Alhambra High or something like that, right? Most, most of the kids were going to go on to a Catholic high school. So it was almost like if you didn't go to a Catholic high school after going there, then you were like, you know... Uh, it was kind of like looking like like if you're gonna go to public school, then what's the point? You know, you're going down instead of up, right? I remember feeling that that pressure, and um, but also just like um, visiting the schools. You know, I went, I visited like like Bosco Tech, and um, you know, di just uh, Cantwell, and you know, different schools in the area, or whatever. And I remember one time, I and then I went to St. Francis High School, visited, mm -hmm. and. It was cool. I was like, oh, this is kind of a cool, cool school. I like, you know, a good sports program. And I, I played soccer. Oh. So they had a good soccer program. And I was like, okay, this is, this is cool. This is a nice school. And for whatever reason, and then, and then I had friends that were older than me, 
right? Like a year older than me who were freshmen there. Ah. And I, and so they were, I was like, oh, they were like, you know, encouraged me to go there, right? All right. <clears throat> so I decided to go to that high school and um, believe them. Sophomore protection. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, all right. But it was really interesting because at the time when I went, um, our class, our freshman class, had the largest Latino um, students um, in, 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 in the whole school. So our class had like 15% Latino. And that was like the biggest, like sophomores had less, uh, juniors and seniors had less, you know? So we had like the largest, like Latino. <laughs> um, and then there was one black kid uh -huh. and then everyone else was like, uh, and, and there was Asians were like a small percentage also, but it was overwhelmingly, you know, white, you know? And so it was pretty interesting because uh, um, I never felt any racial tension. I never felt any, any issues like that at all, you know? Um, other people said they did. Okay. Um, this is La Cañada. This is in La Cañada, right? And um, not only that, not only a, a lot of white kids, but a lot of rich white kids, right? right. So, Because you're in La Cañada. I'm in La Cañada. And so um, I remember when kids turned 16 years old, they got, you know, a brand new Corvette. Benz. Or they got a Benz, <laughs> or they got a BMW, you know? And, um, and, you know, I had nothing, right? Not only that, I used to take the bus from Alhambra all the way to La Cañada, which took one hour on the RTD, one hour each way, right? And interestingly enough, that's why I became a graffiti artist, <laughs> was because that, that bus that I took every day, right, um, I was bored. <laughs> I was bored on the on the bus, and and uh, and I've said this on other interviews or whatever. But um, on the bus, that's the first time a kid I saw a kid doing graffiti on a bus, and then he offered me the marker, and then I started tagging, and that was the rest is history, right? So so it's funny that that my choice of school <laughs> is what ended up opening the door for me to get into graffiti, you know, because I'd been into hip hop. But I, was, I wanted to be a break dancer, then I wanted to be a DJ. And I, obviously there was graffiti there, but I never really like, I never really thought I could do it. Or I never really thought like, oh, that's, that's what I want to do. Um, but it wasn't until I literally got hooked on tagging on the bus that I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. <laughs> so so the, 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 it's crazy because you know, here I am at this like rich, you know, uh, mostly white kids school. Right. And that's where I became a graffiti artist, right? right? And there was, back then, graffiti was very underground. So there was kids in my, in my school who were doing graffiti, but no one talked about it, mm. right? And so, you know, one friend told me about another guy doing it, and then that guy told me about a third guy doing it, you know? And so um, that's how I started meeting some of my, uh, first graffiti friends. Around what year? This is in um, 86, 87. Okay. Yeah. Well, officially I started doing graffiti around 87. Right. Yeah, so that was kind of like, uh, well, that would probably would have been what, my sophomore year, I guess? Um, <clears throat> and so, um, yeah, these kids uh, that I met, I didn't know they were into graffiti, right? And then all of a sudden they started like, hey, you know, but um, 
an interesting an interesting thing about <laughs> being in La Cañada um, was there was like this cool um, uh, little paint shop in La Cañada. Okay. Just, just this random little mom and pop paint shop, right? And they had like every color of Krylon in there. Oh. Right? Okay. And there was just one old man that worked there. Okay. Right? So back then we called it racking, right? Oh. <laughs> rack, when you rack no paint, cage with a lot. there was no cage. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I couldn't afford $3 a spray can, right? Like, like other graffiti writers. But this was like the perfect spot to rack because there was, you know, the paint was right near the door. It was one old man working there, right? And we were in La Cañada, like no one, no one was like, it wasn't like the hood or something, people right. are watching over you or whatever. So we'd go in there and rack paint like every week. <laughs> so that was like, it was like, it was so crazy because like, here I am as a, you know, 16, 17 year old kid. And um, I'm going to this rich white school where I'm learning to become a graffiti artist and I'm learning how to steal paint. You know, that's what, I, that's what I'm getting out of high school, right? Right. Now, obviously, and I'm also getting good grades. I'm also a student athlete and, you know, <laughs> so I just added that to my repertoire, you know? Wow. I kind of like divided myself in two, right? Like there's my school work, right. my school painting, my school art um, to get the degree. And then there's like the real shit I want to do, which is right. the graffiti, which I'm going to do anyways, right. but I'm just not going to tell them about it. <clears throat> and that's kind of how I was doing it for a couple years. And then my junior year, um, uh, one of my professors, Carm Good, um, the design professor, he, he saw me showing one of my my friends, my stuff, my street stuff. And he was like, look over my shoulder. He's like, what is that? This is yours? I go, yeah. And he goes, oh, come to my office. Let me, let me see it. I go in his office. I show it to him. Yeah. He was blown away. And he's like, how come you've never told us that you, this is what you're doing? This is, this is great. And I said, what, really? <laughs> and I said, I already showed my other professors and they weren't interested. He goes, no, no, no. This is what you should be doing. He says, as a matter of fact, from this point on until you graduate, Every class you take, include this, this work, you know, this, this, <clears throat> he's like, you know, he's like, he told me college is just about trying to find your voice, trying to find your, um, to develop a style or, you know, whatever. He's like, you already have it. It's just, now it's just about fine tuning it. Right. And, um, and he's like, so you're ahead of the game actually, you know, and he goes, so when you go in any class you do, just start including this stuff in it. So I just said, okay. I didn't, I didn't even know you could do that. Like I still was playing by the rules the kind of thing. Yeah, just do the assignment. So now I would go in and do like a life drawing class and I'm including my graffiti in this life drawing class. Wow, nice. And I remember the first time I'm like nervous, right? Like, oh, you know, the professor's gonna say, what the fuck is this? And from that point on, no professor said anything to me except like would critique it the way they would anything else. Right. But they never pointed out and I said, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> you know? They just like, okay, he's doing, he's, you know, experimenting, okay, it's cool. <clears throat> and that's when I realized like that really it wasn't just about sitting there and just playing by the rules and just whatever, you know, it was actually about, you know, you bring to the table what you want. That concludes another episode of Visitings, and it concludes season two. 
Uh, thank you to Man One for taking the time to share his experience and participating in our show. Uh, you can find more episodes of Visiting's Radio Show at SoundCloud, iTunes, or on our website, visitings.net. If you visit us on SoundCloud or iTunes, please leave a comment so more people can learn about our show. I'm Alan Nakagawa, sitting in my living room in Koreatown, saying thank you for listening to Visitings. Thank you.